0: Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day. Happy Monday. Welcome back to Locked On Spurs right here on the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, San Antonio Spurs writer. I'm glad to have you back. Hey, quickly, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, get yourself 15% off your next order. Hey, full disclosure here, this episode of Locked On Spurs is recorded actually during... The uh, spurs Philly game, I guess by the time we listened to this show last night. So, of course, anything we say may be a little uh, different depending on the outcome. But nevertheless, uh, we're going to be looking at a couple things today. We're going to be looking at tonight's uh, game out in Utah. Yeah, after one game home, the Spurs are back on the road and it begins tonight versus the Jazz. Quick keys to victory. Can the Spurs pull out a big win on the road? What is it going to take for San Antonio to get a W? Also on the show, yeah, we're going to go back to that Boston game. Uh, it was a heartbreaker, and you felt it throughout the Spurs fan base that it felt like a nice knockout punch. Like Mike Tyson just uncocked back and knocked out the, maybe the air out of the season. But are there anything positive about that, what are some good things that may have come out of that loss for the young guys? To do that more, I am joined by the one and only the man who recently saw Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And I'm very happy about that, too. He's a co-host of the Sunday Sports Grill on ESPN San Antonio, Michael Jimenez. Follow him on Twitter at 210FantasyGod. Michael, welcome back to Locked on Spurs. I appreciate you taking some time out during the game. Hey,
0: not a problem at all. I'm quickly becoming a Locked on Spurs veteran.
1: You are. You definitely are. And well, after you, and when you watch Close Encounters, you know, that, that pretty much guarantees you a <laughs> slot uh, during the week, and I'm glad you did that. By the way, you can uh, check out uh, the Sunday Sports Grill. I think every show is archived on YouTube. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, YouTube on ESPN San Antonio's Facebook page. Um, so you can go check it out. Also, we have it on the Audio Vault at ESPNSA.com.
1: I urge everybody to do that because I was a guest on Michael's show this past weekend, and he gave his review on a movie that me and his co-host recommended. He do that, so uh, go check out that. And of course, all the sp- all the Spurs and sports hot takes on the Sunday Sports Grill on ESPN San Antonio. Michael, Spurs got themselves a tall task tonight, don't they? They got the Jazz on the road. I guess that's a good thing they're on the road. But nevertheless, your overall thoughts of the Spurs heading into tonight's contest.
0: Man, it's a difficult time to be a Spurs fan, much less be a Spurs really player is. right now. You know, take a look at it. Jazz, the Jazz again. Kings, Blazers, Bucks, Nets, Knicks. And then mm, back to mm, back mm. against the Suns to end the season. This is, Ouch. I mean, we, we you you recently called it a murderer's row. Yeah, that was last week when you said that. What is this? I mean, this is I know, right? Death row is what this is. <laughs> uh, and and what's funny is that typically at the end of the season, you see teams uh, kind of you know taking their foot off the gas because they're going to arrest players and things like that. But these teams aren't necessarily going to do that because. Take a look at the Jazz, for example. They are fighting neck and neck with the Suns for that top spot, not only in the West, but overall in the NBA. So they have something to play for. And the Suns, the last two games of the season, likely will have something to play for as well. Obviously, the Bucs will. The Knicks are fighting for a a first-round series at home. Uh, The Nets are fighting for position. These teams want to win. So it's going to be a very, very difficult two weeks for the Spurs coming up. Yeah.
1: You take a look at the game that I guess we have to use it. Like we're going to the multiverse right now, the lockdown sports multiverse, because this is recorded during the Philly game. So if you're looking at the Philly game right now, Philly, you know, they're playing their big guns. They're not resting players. So you think that top teams like that are going to be maybe that mindset, keep the players fresh, keep them, you know, loose as the, uh, their season comes to an end. We know Philly's going to be in the thick of things in the Eastern Conference, but I, I totally understand what you're getting at for Utah tonight. It's, You know, for them, they want to get that top seed. You know, perhaps they want to come out and just knock out San Antonio early and maybe rest them. But as we've seen so far this season, in a few games here and there, the Spurs kind of play up to these big uh, teams. Look at the Phoenix out in Phoenix, you know, when the Suns looked like they took the Spurs lightly and the Spurs, you know, rose to the occasion. Philadelphia, you know, the Spurs were hanging in uh, against uh, the 76ers with 10 points or, or less throughout the uh, throughout most of the game. Uh, is that something that you're looking forward to tonight, that the Spurs just be competitive?
0: Well, you need to have some players on the court, and so many players missed the game against the Sixers that we need right. to see who's out there. I mean, we knew that we were going to be without Derek White because of an injury and that he's mm. out for the season. So we knew that, uh, but going into the Sixers game, seeing so many players out either because of rest or whatnot, uh, that was very difficult because the Spurs really trotted out there uh, their backups and yeah. it, it was nice in a way to see you know Trey Jones out there getting a start Absolutely. and and seeing uh, Devin Vassell get some run uh, but I mean the Spurs basically trotted out their reserves and basically handed over a win um, mm-hmm. this upcoming game you know Utah is a deadly deadly team and I think it's a team that gets overlooked you take a look at, at the Vegas odds for example of who they think is going to win uh, the the NBA Finals, and you see the names like the, like the Nets, and you see the mm-hmm. Lakers, and you see the Clippers, and all that's basically out of popularity. Uh, but when I was in Vegas a week ago, I bet on the Jazz and the Suns to win the title. And I looked yeah. at it in this sense. I thought to myself, okay, they're going to have home court, and they are deceptively strong at every position there. And if you right. take a look at the Jazz roster, I mean, what what holes do they have? I mean, they have solid yeah. play up and down that roster, and the names mm-hmm. aren't sexy. Some of the names are veterans, but it, it's it's such a good team to watch. They play team ball, very reminiscent of the Spurs back in 2014. Absolutely. And if you're – well, I'm
1: going to get into my keys of the uh, for a Spurs win is simply this. As much as they have that defensive edge, as much as they have Donovan Mitchell, there's one thing that the uh, Jazz do well – and very, very well. I'll give me some numbers right now. Is that is knocking down the three ball, Michael? You yeah. remember that last game the Spurs and Jazz played in San Antonio? I think uh, oh. the Jazz uh, went on a All Stars point shootout. <laughs> <laughs> remind <laughs> were, me, were Tell you me there? That happened.
0: I, I was were not. There? No. Oh, uh, I was uh, not. Just but, say, uh, I wasn't expecting to win at all when that when that game started. Anyway. Oh well, in that
1: game in San Antonio, Utah just bombed them from the three-point line. I think I'm. I think it was something like twenty-five plus three-point makes. Makes, um, not good at all. Uh, it was just, woo, uh, yeah. Actually, I'll get more specific. There were twenty-one. Excuse me. There were twenty-one or forty-one from beyond the arc that night. 21 three-point shots made on San Antonio. So obviously the Spurs are going to have to do that, dig uh, deeper into that three-point shooting line that the Jazz love so much. They're currently knocking down 16.9 three-point shots a game. That's close to 17. And it gets better than that. They have – you have uh, a Jazz team that is just sm- smashing their franchise records when it comes to just shooting the 3.9, whether it be attempts and field goal percentage. They love that three-ball and that's gonna that could pose a problem again for San Antonio tonight, Michael.
0: I mean, Bogdanovich is not afraid to just shoot the ball. I mean, that guy will go out there and shoot anywhere between 8 and 12 three-pointers a night. And, I mean, just the other day, he was 6 for 11. He shot the ball 22 times. You would think yeah. that, that, that uh, an opposing team would put somebody on him, but he's going to get his shot off. And the same thing for angles. And you take a look at, like, Rudy Gobert down low, uh, setting the pace defensively. Uh, this is a very, very solid team. They have the interior defense. They have lights mm-hmm. out shooting. They've got good point guard play. It, it's it's you know a, a death by a thousand paper cuts when you play them. You don't know which person's going to beat you, but you know that collectively they're going to attack you. Collectively they're going to take it to the hold. Collectively they're going to shoot lights out. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very dangerous team, and I would not be surprised if this is the team that's going to be left standing, holding that N- that NBA title.
1: Indeed is the job site that makes hiring easy as one, two, three, post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet the must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews on your Indeed dashboard. So if you're the hiring expert for your company and what you really need is just help making your shortlist of candidates, well, then Indeed is for you with the tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately, and they even have an Indeed skills test that on average reduces hiring time by 27%. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com locked. Indeed.com slash locked offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, uh, you know, look, the Spurs uh, you mentioned about the championship, uh, days of the Spurs, they were like they reminded you of that, those Spurs glory days. Uh, mm-hmm. the Spurs never were that sexy team, and, and they really weren't. And yet, they were the last team standing, you know, when they went up against the Heat, it was you know, the Heatles and you know, LeBron James. and the Spurs could have been waxing LeBron James in the heat, uh, I mean, to a bloody pulp. But if James did one dunk, ABC would just repeat that over and over and over and over that one dunk. That's how much they would uh, just kind of ignore San Antonio. But yet, you know, all that matters are the rings and the Spurs got a five of them. But we digress and we talk about tonight's game. And yeah, that three-point shot is going to be key. The Spurs got to run off their three-point shooters as best they can, put a hand on their face. Look, again, we do not know what the injury report is. But if there's any indication last night versus Philadelphia, you had uh, several guys rest: Rosen, uh Murray, and Pirtle. Likely to expect you know expect them back tonight versus San versus the uh, Utah, which would be key, huge because they're going to need the services of those trio. Uh, when you're looking at the Jazz though, uh, going up against uh, San Antonio tonight, uh, Michael, is do you have kind of look at the middle: uh, Gobert and Pirtle and Eubanks? I mean, that could be another area that Utah
0: can ex, uh, exploit. Oh, most definitely. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love Pirtles' play, especially defensively. And Eubanks has come into his own and, and is, is having a career year this year. Uh, but you're going up against, you know, one of the top three centers in the league. You're going up against somebody who uh, is always up at the top of the list when it comes to defensive player of the year. For all we talk about how Pirtles should be ranked up there. This guy is tier one when it comes to defense, and it, it's crazy to have a team that has that type of player but can also put up 154 points in a, in a, in a regulation game like they did last week against the Kings. Um, mm. they, they are not afraid to shoot. I mean, Jordan Clarkson is a name that we haven't even talked about yet, right. and he can light it up. They're mm-hmm. not afraid to shoot. They all have green lights. They all have green lights. They play very well. And I'm actually kind of proud of this team. You know, it's a small market team. They're kind of like the, the cousin or the brothers of the Spurs because, <laughs> you know, we, we fight for that attention and no one notices when we're doing well. And then people act surprised uh, when, you know, the teams advance in the playoffs. Uh, but I, I think you're right in the sense that Gobert is really somebody who sets the tone for that team because... If you, if he, I mean, he basically is like two defenders at one time, you know, Mm -hmm. he, he, and he doesn't get himself in trouble either. He doesn't seem to get into a lot of foul trouble. He's very cerebral with what he's doing. He's not just attacking players, he's doing it very smart. He's using his length, using his height. You're not going to get him up in the air either. So it all starts there. Uh, but it's a tall task to say, Hey, do something about Gobert and chase all Mm -hmm. those three point shooters off the three point line. It's a very difficult task, not only for a, a healthy or a, a healthy Spurs team, but for any team out there.
1: You mentioned Jordan and uh, Clarkson earlier, and uh, yeah, you're right. We got to highlight him. Uh, he, another player to watch if you're San Antonio, uh, Clarkson. Right now, he's I think he's the best uh, point per point per minute guy, if you will, off uh, that Utah bench as well as the NBA. Michael, he's averaging 17.2 points per game as a reserve. Uh, he's first in the NBA and points off the bench. So, yeah, a guy that you got to keep an eye on for San Antonio. Michael, what is a, a key or keys to a, a victory for tonight's uh, – in tonight's game versus uh, the Jazz?
0: Well, uh, theres I mean, a lot of things need to go right in the Spurs way. And by the way, because <laughs> just going back to Clarkson real fast, <laughs> yeah. he loves yeah. playing the Spurs, man, because that's his hometown team. You know, he graduated yes, from Wagner High School here in San Antonio. So he loves going up against the Spurs because when he plays the Spurs, his friends and family are watching, you know, and more people are, are, are tuning in. Uh, so I'm very, very proud of him for that. But as far as what the Spurs need, I mean, DeRozan's going to need to go for at least 36-6. and six. Uh, mm-hmm. You're going to need to have Lonnie Walker um, play well. And Lonnie's been playing well the last few games. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, he played very well against Boston. Uh, uh, and he's he's coming into his own. The last time we talked, uh, we talked about how there was a, a kind of a, a a daze that Lonnie Walker seemed to be in. He wasn't hitting his spots on the court. He seemed to be kind of lackadaisical out there. And over the past two games, it kind of clicked. So what made it click? It's kind of hard to say, but maybe it goes back to the fact that Derek White's not in the lineup. And I know that on Locked on Spurs, you talked to James Pledger a few days ago. And Pledger Mm -hmm. posed the question or the idea that maybe Derek White's injury was a blessing in disguise. And going to be honest with you, Jeff, I was mowing the yard listening to the podcast when he said that. And I had to stop my lawnmower for a second and went, wait. <laughs> I'm in my backyard going, what did he just say? And the more I thought about it, I was like, Well, you know what? People do need to step up, and it can't be just one player. Maybe it's a collection of players doing that. And what are you seeing? You're seeing you're seeing Lonnie Walker fill a role. He does this a lot when DeRozan's out either because of injury or because of rest. Lonnie mm-hmm. tends to have his best game. So now Past two games, 59% shooting, averaging 21 points. He had a hot start to the uh, Sixers game. He's playing very well. So what are the keys to the game? The keys are DeRozan has to go off. Lonnie Walker needs to have a solid game of 20-plus points. And you're going to need to see at least four or five blocks from Pirtle. And Eubanks Mm -hmm. needs to chip in in order for this team to do well because all things need to go right. The stars need to align. To beat a team like the Jazz and to beat them at home, you know, beat them on the road when the Jazz are at home. So uh, it's going to be a, a fun game to watch. It's always a fun game to watch, and I don't want to be down on the Spurs. Uh, right. Taking a look at that game against Boston, for example, there are positives to it, man. There are positives to everything. You, you, there's the, there's the experience that the Spurs get out of this. The young guys—that's a sting that won't ever go away. So although I do realize that Spurs were very, very, either in two camps, either very angry or very frustrated or very depressed, I guess you could say, so three camps (laughs) that the Spurs were in the other night, the fact of the matter is, is that it's a learning experience, and I think that will not happen again to this core.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I'm glad you brought up that Boston loss. We're going to talk about that in depth in a few seconds right now, just to wrap up uh, tonight's preview. So, uh, yeah, the uh, Spurs are on a two-game road losing streak, so hopefully the Spurs will be able to snap that versus Utah tonight. One other thing about uh, uh, the uh, game, it's a late game, so get your coffee the next day because it's uh, you're going to be up late. <laughs> it's maybe mm-hmm. right in the East Coast. They're not, not looking until past midnight. So uh, just keep an eye that It's a very, very late game, 9 uh, p.m. Uh, Central and 10 uh, Eastern, all in all, you just hope the Spurs just be competitive. That'll be my final note. Just be competitive. What we saw from San Antonio versus Philadelphia last night, um, they were they were competitive and don't I think early in that game versus Philadelphia, they gave them too much respect. They really were playing mm-hmm. a little timid. They cannot do that versus Utah. so they gotta just come out firing all cylinders and hopefully they punch Utah in the mouth first uh, tonight. Good luck, San Antonio. but as Michael mentioned, um, the Spurs' um, recent loss uh, to Boston, it said shockwaves. And I think uh, Spurs fans were just stunned, numb. I was on the sports grill, and we had some technical issues going on for me coming on. But the moment we got them fixed, that's the first thing I launched into. And I told your, co- your co-host, your I said, hey, Quinn, did it feel like the Spurs fan base just took a collective KO? And that's what it felt like. It, just, it was just so deflating. It just hurt. And yeah, you know, maybe the, the edge will go away and the sting will go away as the games move on and a you know, win here, win there will help. But this is a game I think when you look back at this season, you're going to say, you know what? This is months from now. I mean, the offseason, maybe next season when it begins. That loss, I'm glad it happened to those young guys. I really am. And I think that could be a mindset looking at that loss. As bad as it was, Michael, and as embarrassing as it was, if you're a Spurs fan. You gotta think that was perhaps one of the biggest lessons this team, this young team, learned that night. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Look, the baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action over at Bet Online. This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL draft just concluded, but there's a lot more to take in as sports world continues to open up and gives you that excitement on the field or on the court or wherever you get your sporting entertainment. Now. Before the next pitch, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. You can also get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, your Spurs, NHL, and of course your UFC MMA action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head on out to the website, BetOnline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and get yourself a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, use promo code LOCKEDON. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and I swear by that. As a matter of fact, I'm just enjoying them right now before recording this episode of Locked On Spurs. With 18 amazing flavors, 6 new ones including caramel brownie and cookies and cream, you can get a lot uh, in the, such a great healthy treat. And those healthy treats are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're great for the health-conscious person. If you're trying to lose weight, maintain weight, or just indulge in a just delicious treat, avoiding all those bad treats, then Belt Bars are for you. Hey, head on out to BeltBar.com right now. Use promo code Locked15 and get yourself 15% off your next order. That's promo code Locked15 for 15% off at BeltBar.com.
0: It's interesting because it, you have to take a positive spin to, to this. You, you just have to, especially as a, as a professional athlete, and not only that, for the fans as well. Um, this was like watching a slow-motion car accident uh, because it's it really one was. thing to lose at the buzzer on a three-point shot, you know, like Ray Allen uh, in the uh, 2013 NBA Finals. You know, that is one type of gut punch. Because it's so sudden, it could have gone either way, and and it, it's it's a it's a it's a type of loss that stings in a weird way, a different way. The Celtics game was different because it happened in slow motion. I mm-hmm. mean, midway through the third quarter, the Spurs, according to ESPN's gamecast, had a ninety nine point eight percent probability of winning. Ninety nine point mm-hmm. eight percent, and. Even as, the, as the, the, the Celtics were chipping away at the lead, I didn't think that the Spurs were going to lose. And even when it went to overtime, I thought, hey, man, the, the Celtics spent so much energy coming back. They got to have nothing in the tank. But, man, 60 points, 60 mm-hmm. points from Jason Tatum. And he just took it to a stratosphere level that I had not seen before against the Spurs in a long, long time. So what is the positive of this? I think the positive of this is is that the young core was on the court when this was happening. Now, I wish that Vassell had had more play because he's a a good defender, an excellent defender, only had 15 minutes. That's my only gripe about the game. But I think what ended up happening is is you're going to see that the Spurs are going to learn – to not rely on DeRozan so much down the stretch. They mm-hmm. they they were giving him the ball and just getting out of the way. Yes. Sometimes DeRozan takes it upon himself to be that guy, right? Get out of the way. But in this sense, it felt different. It felt like hot potato. They were giving him the ball because they didn't want it. So I think that the positive is going to be that this, that the young guys will learn from this. Hopefully... You learn from your losses. You learn from your mistakes and hope to not repeat them. And Mm -hmm. I think this game was a microcosm of the Spurs season in one game in the sense that the Spurs have the talent to go into a place like Boston and get on a a roll and go up 32 points. But they also have the inconsistency and the inexperience to lose a 32-point lead. So we never know what we're going to get with this team. But the thing is, is that the ceiling appears to be higher than I think a lot of Spurs fans gave them credit for earlier in the season.
1: When I think, well, first of all, just to so everybody reminder, we're talking with Michael Jimenez. He's with ESPN San Antonio. By the way, we have, he's, we have a champ in the house. He's the 2019 Rock the Mike champ over at ESPN SA, And uh, yeah, check him out on Twitter at 210FantasyGod. Uh, Michael, I look at that loss to Boston and, and – and there's probably some listeners right now saying you're still talking about it. But my I bring it up again as, as far as a segment here on Lockdown Spurs is because the whole idea coming into the season was development. That's what we, everybody wanted. And you know I think sometimes Spurs fans have short memories because didn't last year in the bubble, when it ended, people were like, yeah, we cannot wait for next year because they're, they're meaning this year, because they're going to get all these young kids to run and we don't care if they take their bumps and bruises and everything. Well, that was one of those bumps and bruises along the way, learning how to maintain a lead like that. And, and they failed miserably. But I think it'll pay off as the season goes on. You look at the Philadelphia game tonight, you know, Lonnie was dejected completely after the Boston versus Philly. He's looking like, you know, a Stone Cold killer. You know, you're looking at maybe DeJounte Murray, you know, another day away from the court. Perhaps that gets them revved up tonight for uh, Utah. So, if the idea of this season was development as one of the overarching themes, then mission accomplished in that game slash loss to Boston, Michael.
0: That's a very good way of putting it. That's a very, very good way of putting it because it's all about expectations and we need to go back in time to where were we back in November and December with this team. You know, we we had the expectations of of them being where they are right now. Because we knew that the West was going to be strong and we knew that certain teams were going to get better because of draft picks, you know, like the Golden State Warriors. And and if you had told if, if, if Spurs fans knew back in November, December that this team would be in position to make the tournament and have a chance to make the playoffs and be at five hundred or slightly above five hundred most of the season, right. I think we'd have taken that all day. So I think Spurs fans have adjusted expectations along the way, which, you know, as you increase your expectations, um, there's going to be a higher chance of having disappointment. And this was a developmental year. And I think when you take a look at it, the Spurs have a a pretty high ceiling when it comes to some of these players. I mean, DeJounte Murray, uh, I I have always thought that the Spurs didn't have an all-star on this roster. Because if DeRozan right. couldn't make it, no one else could. Mm-hmm. I think Murray has a, an outside chance now of making that next season. It's so tough now we though, know the pieces are in place.
1: It's a tough one though. I mean, I didn't mean to cut you off. On my my apologies, but you know I agree with you. Murray's a closer to the All Star, but he's in the West right now, man. Like you mentioned, if DeRozan's going to make it, Murray was going to have to play lights out for him to even yep. sniff a reserve spot, but. Uh, You know, again, I don't mean to cut you off, and I totally understand what you're getting at. You, you know uh, about the promise that we're seeing, but when you're in your talk right now, it kind of sparked a question that I wanted to ask you: Is do you think the way the Spurs started in the first half of this season set the bar a little too high for Spurs fans, thinking like, "Whoa, well, screw this whole developmental thing. We got playoffs, baby. We got Western Conference semis or and, and, and first rounds." Do you think that first half play? maybe muddled, you
0: know, the idea of development. I mean, yeah, I mean, we were thinking about it. Uh, I remember having conversations back in end of December timeframe where we're talking about, man, you know, the Spurs could conceivably be a four seed. I mean, remember that talk? Yeah, I remember Uh, that. Yep. And, you know, imagine what happens to the Spurs when Derek White comes back from injury. I mean, Mm -hmm. we had these visions of the Spurs, Going back into glory, not only making the playoffs but hosting a season, a series, and we adjusted our expectations way too quickly. It's kind of like it's kind of like being up by two touchdowns in a football game and thinking that the game's over, but it's still midway through the first quarter. Still a mm-hmm. lot of game to play, and in this sense, there was a lot of season left to play, and and we knew we kept on saying so long that the Spurs' uh, schedule was going to get like extremely difficult the rest of the way and it was always like that thing that happened down the road. Yeah, 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 but that's later, but that's later. And now that it's it's here and now, and we're taking a look at Jazz, Jazz, Suns, Suns, you know, Bucks, <laughs> yeah. Knicks, Nets. I mean, so even some of the games that we thought would be easy like, well, at least we got the Knicks. <laughs> well, <laughs> at least we got the Blazers. I mean, no, those are good playoff bound teams. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I think Spurs fans readjusted or adjusted their expectations probably too too quickly. And uh, this team though, I I I've seen a lot of five hundred teams in the past, and I've seen a lot of teams out there that are two, three, four, five, and you know, maybe the Spurs end the season six games under five hundred. But I've never seen a team with that type of record have such a high ceiling going up against top competition. Like mm-hmm. going up thirty-two in Boston, or beating the living crap out of the Suns in Phoenix, or mm-hmm. beating the Lakers and the Clippers. Yeah, it's amazing what this team can accomplish when it's firing on all cylinders.
1: Absolutely, and I, I and I've said this before Locked On Spurs. I don't know if I've mentioned this to you. I think years from now, next season, maybe two seasons from now, if this team is still together, because look, a lot of these guys may not be here. You know, yes, even the young core may not be here as well. But if they are, I think you'll look back at the 2021 season. I think Spurs fans collectively would be like, you know what? I'm glad that happened. I'm glad we lost the way we lost against Boston. I'm glad we lost to Houston when they had only four guys in uniform. I'm glad we got bombed out by Utah because now look at them. Look how much they've grown since those days. I really believe that is down the road for this young team if they're still together bring that up because you got the draft. You know, Spurs could get a deal; they probably can't pass up, and it may involve some of the young guys that you're seeing in uniform right now. But nevertheless, you know, if they stay together, I think this year will be looked at as a as a beneficial year for the future of this Spurs franchise. We're talking with Michael Jimenez. He is the co host of the Sunday Sports Grill on ESPN San Antonio. He is the 2019 Rock the Mike Champ. Did by the way did you get did you get like a belt like a WWE belt for that?
0: Oh, my God. This is something that Quinn and I joke about all the time. You know, Quinn won, you know, earlier this or last summer, right? 2020 yeah. Rock the Mike Champion. He got a motorcycle. Oh, my a goodness. A free motorcycle. I got two wow. shots of Jim Beam and a baseball cap that said ESPN San Antonio on it.
1: That sounds fair. That <laughs> sounds very fair. But nevertheless... <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I just want to just quickly plug uh, your Twitter here, at uh, 210 Fantasy Guy. Go follow him right now. But, yeah, that, that sounds totally fair. Uh,
0: what is he going to do with that bike anyway? I was asking him about that because he told me that he used to ride bikes back in the day, but he doesn't, uh-huh. you know, so much anymore. And now, you know, we're getting older, you know, right. where we, you know, where our bodies aren't as strong. I have no idea what he's going to do with it. But uh, I think it was Alamo <laughs> CyclePlex who gave it to him. uh, but, uh wow. I wish I had it. I mean, I would have done yeah. something with it. Yeah,
1: I know. I mean, I would have flipped it. I would have sold it right away. That's <laughs> something I would have done. But no, um, just to wrap up our little quick conversation about this uh, young Spurs team and that loss in Boston. Yeah, I think it as and I know the Spurs fan base were just livid, and I can't blame them. they are fans, are they're, they're, that fan is sort of fanatic. Yeah, they were fanatic about that loss in a negative way. But I really, truly believe as much as that hurt, and as much as heart wrenching that was to witness. I think it'll pay off for this young team down the road. And I hope it does. I hope they learned a valuable, valuable lesson. I think they did. Uh, the body language afterwards was dejected, uh, you know, and it's a good thing. Remember when Embiid was crying over the Kauai shot, you know, and that, you know, that was maybe pointed that as the the propellant for him to stop being that clown, that jokey guy and get serious. Now look at him now, you know, MVP consideration, I think that that loss could hopefully get the Spurs to this young court to a level where they need to be as their careers continue. Uh, Michael, first of all, we're going to put a wrap on this episode of Lockdown Spurs, but we cannot wrap it up, though, without uh, you giving us here your thoughts on Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I know you gave it to us on uh, your show, but I recommend it to it, and I know what your grade is. I was a little disappointed. But go ahead and tell the listeners who are on on this show what you thought of The Flick.
0: I like the storyline. The storyline is still pretty good. You know, so it's a Steven Spielberg classic from 1977, the same year I was born. Uh, The thing about the movie, though, is that the special effects are still really good, knowing that those effects are more than 40 years old. And Mm. the storyline was good. Movie making is just different, you know, so it's kind of different to watch these movies from 30 40 50 years ago uh, because they're not as perfect as they are now you know now you take as many takes as you can and you know you just take the best one and back then they used to let it breathe a little bit you know and mm-hmm. uh, but I thought it was a good movie I'm not saying that it was a great movie I think this is the type of thing that if Spielberg ever brought back any of his movies and remade one I would hope that mm-hmm. it'd be this one because I think if it was better acted, I think if, if in, in with today's technology, it would be like Independence Day was back in 1996, right? Uh, right. But it it was a good movie. It was fine. I, I gave it a C plus grade, uh, maybe a B minus type of grade. Uh, but man, fell back in love with Terry Gar. I mean, she was the uh, <laughs> she was the older woman that I had the hots for when I was uh, you know 11, 12 years old, going. Man, I think I like older women. So, uh, but it was a it was a good movie. I, I, I'm suddenly becoming a fan of Richard Dreyfus all these years later because not only did I watch Close Encounters for the first time last night, I watched Jaws for the first time like two weeks ago. So Richard Dreyfus wow. is suddenly becoming one of my one of my favorite actors.
1: Well, look at that. Hey, you know, uh, quick trivia: uh, Are you familiar with the um, the '90s cartoon uh, Batman Beyond? I am not, no. Okay, well, um, Batman Beyond, uh, is, is, he's the guy, the new Batman, if you will, the next guy uh, after uh, Bruce Wayne retired, and he gave the mantle to this kid uh, named Terry McGinnis, and that's why he became Batman Beyond, so he's the future Batman. Uh, McGinnis' mother is voiced by Terry Gar in the cartoon. Really? Yeah, she voices him, Uh her, excuse me, the uh, the mom. So maybe another reason for you to go check, you know what, if you get away from movies and maybe want to catch up on some animated shows, um, then Batman Beyond is one that I highly recommend. It's it's really, really good. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's of the new Batman who looks at his mentor, Bruce Wayne, and you know how Bruce Wayne was a kind of recluse, you know, didn't want to have a life. He was so dedicated, you know, to protecting Gotham. This kid is like, you know what? Ain't about that. And I can do both at the same time and show you, old man, how it can be really done. And let's just say even the Joker says, you know what? You fight dirty. That's not the old way that Batman used to do.
0: So that, now, is, that, is, that enough
1: is, should intrigue you to check it out.
0: I have an eight-year-old uh, daughter who's really into like Spider-Man, right? So I've seen oh. some of the Spider-Man movies because I'm kind of forced to, right? So is this something mm-hmm. that I can stream?
1: It is something you stream, yeah. I think it's on. Uh, if you have um, HBO Max, it's yeah, you do, I do, you do, yeah, yeah. So it's it's on there. And how old is she? Because there's some they try to keep it a little bit of adulty. You know, there there's are some eight. innuendos in there. Oh, then she won't catch the innuendo. Innuendo. Then there's a lot of a uh, heavy sexual innuendo in there. Let's just put really it, just, the word D. DN- yeah, you 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 you'll, you'll see. You'll see. They really try to keep it adultish as much as they could for. The period that was in when it was just on uh broadcast TV. It wasn't like cable or anything like that. It was like on the WB. You could just treat, you could just watch it back in the day. But uh, I recommend that series. It's kinda long, there's a lot of seasons, so you're gonna have to invest some time to it. And but just letting everybody
0: it know, it. you you have asked me to watch uh, uh what what is Indiana Jones now, right? That's Indiana gonna be the Jones, next movie yeah. I watch.
1: Yeah, because me and Quinn did recommend that together, right? So
0: hey, I'm a big fan of Harrison Ford. I, I one time saw Harrison Ford uh, described by Bill Simmons back on his old Grantland days. He described Harrison Ford as the uh, Tim Duncan of Hollywood because he compared oh, him, well, saying, there you go. "Yeah, he he basically says something to the effect of uh, Tim Duncan's best year and worst year are almost identical stat wise and impact wise." And he was talking about how Harrison Ford never had a bad movie or very rarely had one. His worst movie and his best movie are still really good. So every time I see uh, I, I see Harrison Ford, I think of of Tim Duncan because of that old column I read like 10 years ago.
1: Wow, that is a column I need to reread of it. I'm pretty sure it's still out there in the internet ether. I can check that out. And never thought I'd love the day to hear Harrison Ford and Tim Duncan compared together. Captain Solo and The Big Fundamental? Okay, I'll take well- it that take that that goes right up my nerd avenue
0: it was beyond the acting it was the fact that they're also recluses you know uh oh, they, that they, is true, they, yeah. they 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 kind of have similar personalities in the sense that they're very private people you know they they're not very flashy mm-hmm. and uh, it's not all about them you know they don't they don't go to the red carpet very often and uh they're just solid professionals at what they do they're always at the top of their game and and they are like goats in their own right but no one ever thinks about it until they Actually dig deep into it and go, well, wait a minute. Tim Duncan might actually be a top five all time player. You know, he wasn't flashy, but he just just look at the body of work. Harrison Ford's the same way. Take a look at his body of work. I mean, Indiana Jones, Han Solo, right. you know, The Fugitive. I mean, all I mean, yep. Working Girl, all these movies that he's done, I think he was in Working Girl, all these movies that yeah, he's he done over yeah. the years, uh he's he's been fantastic.
1: Absolutely, and I never – well, there's your movie review or movie recommendations right here on Lockdown Sports. See, not only do you get a Jazz Spurs preview and thoughts on the Boston loss or the Boston massacre, if you will, you, to get, you get movie uh, highlights and, you know, some recommendations. So Michael is still on his journey to catch up. He has a lot of catching up to do on movies and flicks uh, that he got he missed out on. Uh, once again, uh, Michael, tell everybody about your show over at ESPN San Antonio. How fast can tune in? How can they keep up with you on social media?
0: All right. So uh, the Sunday Sports Grill runs from 11 to 1 on Sunday. Uh, it's basically – a lot of sports talk, a lot of movies, pop culture, music, nostalgia. Uh, We just have a a fun time. Quinn Hudson does a fantastic job. He's also a stand-up comedian. Uh, So it's, it's nice to have someone who's very funny on our show. Uh, I also do the Fantasy Gods on ESPN San Antonio during the football season. Uh, So, you know, we talk fantasy football, uh, prop bets and things like that. So uh, it's fun. I have so much fun. And even though I did not get a motorcycle, uh, the fact of the matter is is that ESPN San Antonio has given me a lot of run, a lot of opportunity. And uh, James Pledger has been a fantastic mentor uh, over the past two years. And uh, what what was originally going to be a one-year type of internship type of journey uh has gone into year two and hopefully the year three and beyond uh but i'm having a fun time those are really good people and uh there's no motorcycle worth uh the knowledge and the friendship that those guys have given me uh you can also reach me on twitter uh at 210 fantasy god and uh man spurs fan saints fan what more do you want
1: Absolutely. Make sure to follow Michael right now on Twitter. Subscribe to Lockdown Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes. Pick a platform. Lockdown Spurs is there as well as the rest of the Lockdown NBA and just the Lockdown Network itself. from NFL, MLB, NHL, every league is well represented. Check it out. So for Michael Jimenez, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Lockdown Spurs.